Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show and the Silent Witness Coordinator. For those who are not aware of the Silent Witness program, it's been in the Valley for over 40 years and has led to about 8,000 felony arrests. But it's only possible because of the partnership between the community and law enforcement. So if you have any information about a current crime throughout the Valley, please call 480-WITNESS or you can check out silentwitness.org. Now, calling Silent Witness does not generate a police report. So if something's in progress, someone's in danger, a report needs to be made, we still want you to call 911 or your local police department. Silent Witness is if you have information about somebody who might be wanted by law enforcement, and you can give that information completely anonymously, you'll get a tip number, and that tip number can later be used for cash. So to learn more about the Silent Witness program, please check out silentwitness.org, or you can call 480-WITNESS. And again, if anything is in progress or you need a police report, somebody's safety in danger, please, that's a call to 911. We come to you each and every week. We try to highlight community matters, matters of the community, or the men and women who do the job of law enforcement. And today, I'm joined by a friend and a co-worker, John McLaughlin. Did I say that right, John? Outstanding. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with it because it's it's spelled differently than it sounds, but you... You mentioned that there's a famous person with the same last name, so that helped. Uh, and before we get talking to John about his career and where he is, I do want to thank Bonneville for this time, KTAR, uh, Sports Radio 98.7, and of course, Ed, our producer, who comes to join us every week, edits, makes us sound like we know what we're doing, and really is the, is the backbone of this show. So, John, you and I, uh, we work together, we work literally in adjacent offices, and we get caught up in the day-to-day and we hardly ever get a chance to talk about anything other than maybe would you do this weekend. I've never asked you what prompted you, what caused you, what inspired you to join the police department. Oh, that's uh, that's going back 20 years. Um, I believe 20 years ago, I can actually say just to, it was exciting. You know, I, you drive by police officers on the side of the road or when they're working a scene and you kind of want to know what they're doing. You see police officers in front of your neighbor's houses. You're always curious what's going on. And I think once you join the police department, you kind of become that, I know what's going on. And it, it, it's a, it's an exciting job. It always has been. So I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here. Uh, and it's really a compliment. I hope you take it that way. You and I are on the way here. I get a phone call. I say to you, man, I apologize. I got to take this phone call. And you because you enjoy police work so much. You're scanning. You saw two patrol Tahoes pulled over. You turned on the radio instantly. You knew what channel to go to. You were totally engaged and immersed in what they were doing. You seem to love the art of policing. And I say that because when I met you, you were a detective in the robbery unit, and you just really seem to have a very strong working knowledge of police work, uh, protecting people's rights, protecting the innocent. What is it that you love about this career so much? You know, I like the I like the camaraderie. I like the camaraderie with not only the the officers that I work with, um, the citizens, and I love the thrill of the chase. You know, trying to track down who committed a crime. Um, sometimes it's just picking little threads until you can develop a lead, or you, you know, you follow up on hunches. 
it's uh, it's police work. I love it. When you watch shows like CSI or and and I probably shouldn't name it by name, but when you watch any of these investigative shows or police shows, do you get frustrated because they can neatly clean up and solve cases thirty minutes, sixty minutes, depending on the show? Does that drive you? Uh, does that frustrate you because you've been working cases where you come in when there's zero evidence? And then you have to make sense of it all. When you see those, what is your thought or when neighbors ask you about that? Well, and that's that's the thing. You know, you've you've got victims that watch these shows that uh, that think that cases can be solved that quick. And a lot of times it's you know who committed the crime. Um, it's just finding a way to prove that they committed the crime. And sometimes it's not as easy as just they did it. I know they did it. Yeah, now, early on in your <clears throat> career, because uh, when you – Become a, a police officer, and here's our shameless plug. If you want to learn more about the Phoenix Police Department, please call 602-262-6925 for our Employment Services Bureau, or you can check out phoenix.gov slash employment to learn more about any of the professional staff jobs in the department or any police careers. And we are hiring, and we are encouraging folks who want to give back to and serve their community to please join our team, John talked about the camaraderie. You really do feel like you're you're part of a family and a, a family who goes out and tries their best to serve and and get justice for our victims. Uh, so, John, you're you're sitting in the police academy. Uh, you know that you're going to go out and do patrol work, but you must have a thought at that time of after I'm in patrol, I want to try something else. What is that something else that that has always driven you and you thought would be fascinating? Eesh, that's a uh, that's a tough question because I. I you know, I ended up in a detective world, and I never thought I'd be detective. And I ended up as I am currently a, uh, a supervisor, and I never thought I'd be a supervisor. Um, my goal, I guess, in patrol, you know, once you get to patrol, that's kind of where you want to be for a while. And I start getting that four or five year itch on something where I want to start looking for a new, a new, a new job. Uh, I always wanted to go to a neighborhood enforcement team. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my goal, my first goal when I joined the police department. And I worked the neighborhood enforcement team, which is you're working plain clothes, you're solving community-based problems, you know, whether it's drug houses or warrants. But you also get the opportunity to uh, do presidential details, ride bikes. After that, I went uh, and, and was asked to speak at one of my kids' uh, classes and talk about police work. Uh, once I started talking about police work, then I had the edge, the itch that I wanted to start working in community-based things and and talking to groups. So I became a community action officer, working with the neighborhood enforcement team. Uh, so still kind of uh, did problem solving. You know, you mentioned uh, patrol. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the again going back to the TV, a lot of the shows make it look like patrol is something to leave. But I think our greatest stories, our greatest fun, our greatest friendships. Uh, or when we were in patrol. Absolutely. I think, and, and I can't speak for you, but maybe I can. The first time I drove out of the gates alone without a training officer, I, I couldn't believe somebody trusted me that much to give me a car and the ability to go out and protect others. But I also couldn't, uh, it, it, I actually thought to myself foolishly, there's going to be no crime out here when I'm out here because I was that driven at the time. Did you experience that early on where you're like, the world is going to be a safer, better place because I'm here? Absolutely not. But I, but I will tell you, the first, I can remember the first time I drove out of the gate. It was, I was scared and exhilarated all in, on the same time. And then the first call was a call I'd never been to. Um, and I think I pulled out of the gate, got the call, and I had to pull over and review it in our operations orders. 
Yeah, but at least, but see, that's how your mind works. You're extremely analytical. You said something earlier, and I, I, I pray this doesn't sound like a an insult. You said, I never thought I'd be a supervisor. I never thought you would either, but for a different reason. <laughs> I watched you as a detective, and you had, so we're talking about silent witness, and you would use the program so frequently, you were a, a huge proponent of asking the community for help solving these crimes. It looked to me like you would never leave. And then tracking your career, watching you go out and be a supervisor. You've impacted people's lives already. Uh, you continue to have that that servant's heart. Did you ever, when you were investigations, think, yeah, I think I'm ready to leave this? Or how did you know it was time to, to test for sergeant? Uh, you know, it was actually a, uh, a personal issue. It was a, a medical situation with my, uh, with my wife that I felt like it was going to extend my career a little bit more. Uh, and I figured if I was going to extend my career a little longer, I, uh, I wanted to be a supervisor. Um, the first squad I had, and I've had the squad for the for the last two years, and just recently um, moved away, and that was it was the greatest experience of my life. It really was. We had a couple of really critical events uh, that that you know were hard to work through, but also brought us really close together as a as a squad. Uh, it kind of reminds me back, you know, twenty years ago when I joined my first squad, and you know I've still got lifelong friends from uh, from that detail. In fact, one of my Best buddies from patrol just retired, um, what, two weeks ago and had been on for 20 years. And it was amazing. Yeah, he's uh, – so you're talking about a guy who worked very closely with the Silent Witness program. Absolutely. You and I are yep. both huge fans of his. But um, – and I'm going to keep this extremely vague. So you, you talk about critical events. I'll tell you that if, wherever you work, whatever you do in life, whether you serve – at a church or you volunteer or you have a career, what, whatever it is, it, the world craves leadership, in my opinion. They crave caring leaders who are willing to go out and protect and support and provide for. And I, I tell people all the time when it comes to police work, we are not asking for a favor. We're not asking for free passes. Um, we're simply asking for fairness. Um, we want to go out and serve and protect and take care of people. And as a leader, you really seemed to embody that. But looking back over your career, did you see that coming? Did you prepare for that? How does one prepare for a leadership role? You know, I think uh, – I don't think you can prepare for it. You know, um, talking about the medical event that I had in my family as well as these two critical incidents, those are three of the worst days of my life. Um. You can't prepare for it. You're you're thrust into it. It happens really quick. Um, <clears throat> you you can't go back and change what happened, but I I take it an, as an honor to to be a part of those incidents. I take it an honor to to lead. Uh, you know, not only my family, but uh, but uh, the officers. You know, not only on on my squad, but uh, the surrounding squads. Uh, there, there's a lot to learn. I didn't say I did. There's no way I'd say I did everything perfectly. Uh, and I'd love to go back and change things. You can't, but I've tried to be the best example that I could. Somebody once said the the reason that the the windshield is so large and the rearview mirror is so small is because you really can't impact that which you passed. Uh, so you're looking forward to your career. I I know that you're passionate about investigations. I know that you're passionate about serving and taking care of people and leaving. You actually, to me, you look like a, a servant leader who has fun leading. Well, what do you think would be next? What what interests you, or or what do you hope to accomplish before you retire? Because I think you just hit twenty twenty months a couple or twenty years a couple months ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I think I'd like to become a, a supervisor for uh, for an investigative unit now. Um, I really I really do enjoy the in, the investigative process, and I really do le- again like leading. And like I, I think you said, you you've got to have fun at it. Um, every part of this job, every detail I've been on, you know, sometimes they're horrific incidents, but you know, you, you look back and you should have fun the entire way. Your reputation speaks a lot about uh, your work ethic. You, you are you appear to be very well defined by many as being a hard worker, <clears throat> somebody who who puts together uh, very thorough, in depth investigations. A great reputation. Uh, I tell people all the time: if if you can be known as a nice person who works hard, I think you I think you hit the mark, and and you certainly have hit the mark on both those. But there will come a day when you retire someday. Um, and I know your family is absolutely dear and critical to you. What do you want your legacy to be on this department? What do you want to best be remembered for? Oof. I, I think you. Uh, I don't know. I think you said it. Uh, you said it, but you did clear your throat. You said hard work and then cleared your throat, Jamie. <laughs> I, I, I kind of <laughs> did the old finger gun and winked kind of thing. You know. There it is. But, but no, you I, do. I you really, I, really do work very hard. And I know you're dedicated to your craft. Is that? Is that what? If you could look ahead, what, what do you want to be? What do you want people to say about you when you don't work here? I actually want to be, you know, a good officer and and a good leader. Leadership was very important to me. Being a being a sergeant. Is extremely important that the squad that I have had. Um, I love those guys. Not do anything for them. Yeah, to this day, when I when I see you talk about uh, the patrol folks you've had the chance to serve and work around you, you can tell kind of a, a misty look in your eye. You you care for them, and and I never wanted to demean people and say like children, but sometimes leadership can feel a little like parenting in that you really. Uh, you develop a protection, a protective mode, and I tell people I think that um, if you're a if you have children, you can be a better leader because you understand when someone else is struggling with their child, um, and they bring that to work. So I, John, I think you you've done it. I think you're doing a, an a, an amazing job, and I think that your reputation is, is rock solid because of it. Thank you, by the way, for joining us today. Thank you, sir. I want to thank you, the listening audience. I want to thank Ed, our producer, as always. And if you want to learn more about the Silent Witness program, please check out silentwitness.org. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.